0: Shut. There was a scout. Mr. Garforth looked up. Were you spotted? I killed him, she said. It? He raised his wispy
1: eyebrows. What range? Sixty yards. She caught his frown. Fifty. Forty. I hid the body. Good girl. She set her gun down by the stove. What's for dinner? A spider was scuttling across the table. He slammed his palm on it, scooped it up, and popped it into his mouth. You're not funny. He unfurled his fist, revealing the spider unharmed. Delphine frowned to disguise a smile. In you get, while it's still warm. He nodded at the tin bath by the open hearth. A change of clothes was drying on a chair. No sense rushing now? if we do this, we do it proper. I'll rustle up some grub. And then? And then it's time, if you still want to go.
0: I still want to go. Well then.
1: Delphine took two steps towards the bath, hesitated. Mr. Garforth rolled his eyes. He shunted his chair round until he had his back to the fire. Delphine lay in the bath with her head tipped back, listening to the water rumble and plop, and pretended she was being boiled alive. Her arms lulled over the sides, fingertips trailing on the cold tiles. Below the waterline, her ankles and buttocks throbbed. Excuse me? Mr. Garforth walked to the fireplace, shielding his eyes. Delphine watched him unhook the cauldron lid and pull out a string bag full of steaming brains he limped to the table, and began slicing them into chunks. When he was done, he set a saucepan on the stove and heated a knob of butter. He added the brains, which sizzled and spat. Nearly ready. He tapped an egg against the rim of the saucepan and cracked it one-handed into the mix, along with some parsley and a splash of milk. Delphine got out of the bath. A scab on her knee hung open like a dead oyster, blood painting a zigzag down her shin. She put her finger in the blood, then licked her finger. It tasted of money. She took the towel and began with her hair, working outwards from the roots. Her skin prickled in the heat. Above the mantelpiece, a brace of rabbits hung from a nail. One looked like it was whispering a secret into the other's long ear. Beside the rabbits was a wooden cross, and beneath that, a carriage clock. The time was a quarter past seven. She dried quickly. A salty, fatty aroma wafted from the stove and made her stomach belch. She pulled on her grey knickerbockers, her vest, her long blue woolen socks, then started brushing her smoky hair into some kind of shape. Her hands trembled. Each time the bristles snagged a knot, the tremor passed through damp strands to her scalp. Mr. Garforth set the table for dinner. He laid out knives and forks, a plate heaped with thick doorstops of brown toast, butter in a blue dish, salt and pepper, mugs of tea, and in the centre, the hot saucepan full of scrambled calf's brains. He slapped his hands together. Sit. Eat. Delphine pulled up a chair and buttered herself two slices of toast— Then she held her plate up while Mr. Garforth spooned brains over the top. She waited until he was sitting. He picked up his fork.
0: Aren't you going to say grace? She said. Very
1: well. He bowed his head. Delphine went to close her eyes, but instead she watched him. The freckled nose against fingers pressed in prayer. The flaking red skin on his scalp. The quiet motion of his lips. Dear Lord, we give thanks for the food you've provided for us. May it lend us strength. The three creases on his forehead darkened. Give us help from trouble, for vain is the help of man. Through God we shall do valiantly, for he it is that shall tread down our enemies. Amen. He kept his head down,
0: mouthed a silent addendum. His eyes opened. Go
1: on, dig in
0: before it gets cold. He
1: was halfway through his second mouthful when he looked up at Delphine. Her cutlery lay either side.